We did one. Right? La- we did a podcast last night with uh, Pickle Beast, Jay the Pickle Beast. Yes. Jay McAvoy. Yeah. yeah, he told me to tell you hi. Yeah, so he, uh, David has kind of been key to this and, and he's turned me on. There's been a couple people where I was like, eh, nah, no. And then uh, obviously Jay for, I think we all would agree that's an awesome human. And then what drew me to you guys was your two relationship. My, my reason, my why, why I'm doing this and we're rolling now, right? You can, yeah. Okay. My, my uh, reason and why for doing this with you guys is, one, I see what you're doing for the baseball community, right? Uh, so one, I want to talk to you about that because I was at the ABCA. I created a product. I helped create Lizard Skin. I, I have a couple products that I sold off to Lizard Skin once I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Me and your dad chat a little bit about it. But I want to give you something you know, some of the knowledge that I have that I know has helped me so I can maybe give back to you because you're giving so much to the baseball community. And so we can do a little bit of that so you can learn a little bit and then I can pass on some knowledge and then we can nerd out on some products, like the up and coming products, uh, things that, that I, that you and I both think are going to work some that may not work or some that we may, you know, we just kind of play around with that. And, uh, you can, you can take off with your expertise on, on some things, you and your dad. So um, what do you, uh, what are some things that you, you want to talk about on, on this or, or topics? Have you, have you thought about anything? Did you? Um, I don't think I've really, I didn't really think about any of this, but I, w- I would say there's a few that, I mean, I was, I had in mind. Um, uh, one of them was kind of the mental side, like calming yourself down, uh, figuring yeah. that out. And then uh, another thing, like a pregame routine, maybe even the night before, just going into the game. And uh, there's there's one more, and I can't remember it right now. But those are the two that I had off the top of my head. All right, maybe I'll hit on it because you're you're hitting right around my sweet spot. And, and like I say, getting to my why why not do this? I I had uh, you no know, growing up. I was I was like the crazy kid. You know, didn't have but like one strikeout. And when I did, it was like throw my helmet. I grew up in Utah, so I taught everybody around here how to cuss, right? Because uh-huh. I was not the LDS kid that's around this. I was the outcast, right? I was the black sheep in this area, so I was wild. Uh, and so, uh, also my my little brother had some mental health. He actually committed suicide. Uh, my mom also uh, committed suicide. So mental health is. I mean, it's, it's something that I know I have in my family. I've dealt with some mental health issues that I think were induced by baseball, which I'll, I'll talk about it when we get into the weeds here. But it's something that I feel, especially with the world right now, it's on the forefront of everybody, mental health and, and ways that we can do better. Uh, and I think baseball, in a way, kind of produces almost like a post-traumatic stress syndrome, Right get real high, fail, or, or have success, fail, have success, have success, get real high and fail. Um, also the stress of the intensity of our parents and the intensity of our coaches. Now the intensity of the game is, is just different. The world is different. Um, the attention that you get, right. Uh, you're an influencer. Uh, how do you handle that? How do you stress of it? The responsibility of that stress is stress. It doesn't matter. 
right? And so I, I want to give you some tools how to handle that, things that have helped me, uh, things that I got to have that I know helped me perform and get to an all-star game. Uh, and then also after the all-star game, I had a dip, things that helped me get back up to it, to where I was in New York, Seattle, Pittsburgh, getting to get to some playoff games because of those skills that I had. Uh, so hopefully we can get to that side of it. Um, so how I want to start off is let's, let's hit on the mental, since we're kind of hitting on that, right? Uh, and then we'll nerd out on some equipment later. You said a night before a routine, right? And night, and so we'll pick up right there since that's the first thing in our revolution because there, there's that pregame. Oh, think of everything pregame, in-game, post-game. Just simple, right? And what we want to do to be able to perform, to be peak performers in the zone. Have you heard the phrase in the zone? I have. Right? So I had a, a guy that I actually employed. I met him through Alex Rodriguez when I was in Miami. Uh, I was actually taking my kid to school, right? We're taking my kid to school. I'm walking out and a, a, somebody associate of his, uh, of Alex knew him in Miami area. I said, hey, Alex uses this guy. I think you should use him. He introduced me. I kind of asked Alex and uh, he said, yeah, I use Jim Fannin too. His name is Jim Fannin. This guy put me on the phone with this guy. Here, talk to this guy. I'm like, like in this parking lot right uh, in Miami at my school at my son's school so I start talking like hello it was Jim Fan and if you've heard the phrase in the zone he coined it he has a patent he has you hear uh you can look it up it's uh baseball in the zone he has uh, business in the zone he has uh, all those right and he's been doing it for years Frank Thomas has mentioned him I think Oral Hersizer has mentioned him all in their in their inductee hall of fame speeches um, so when I employed him after I was kind of, you know, kind of having the dip, you know, after I, after my all-star game, after my all-star season, you put all that extra pressure on yourself. And once you, I met the pinnacle, like the ultimate dream, I think I got there in a process that was natural how we all go about it. But then once you hit, like the thing that you hear that separates everything is how do you attract the zone? How do you get the Mamba mentality? How do you how do you get that and put it on like an overcoat in a way to where you have a systematic way of doing it, right? Yeah. You have a routines and rituals that create the zone. You limit thoughts. So uh, what he did was I get on this phone. He asked me what my systems were. And I was like, I don't know. I just show up to the ballpark and, and play ball, right? All right, how do you get rid of thoughts, the anxiety and madness you feel after all? I'm like, I don't know, go home and talk to my wife. <laughs> like I didn't really, I did things just naturally, right? Just how we do as, as baseball players. Cause you, you learn how to, baseball is a negative game, tough find negative people wanting positive results, right? Yeah. So we kind of, we learn how to do that as ball players anyways, kind of the flow of the game. But when I was able to kind of take that up to the next level, and really attract the zone it was like oh okay this is what I kind of naturally did and then I had systems and routines uh, in the pregame in game and the postgame so kind of now revert back to what you said you wanted to have a, a kind of a a, a pre like a routine at night so let's start at night all right at nighttime 
when you're laying down, and this is something your, your dad can do right on the edge of the bed, right? And this will also help dad. You can hit, uh, and one of the things I know you said that when we talked earlier, he's going on another team. You used to coach him, and now he's going on another team. I've coached him for since forever. And so we're right now in the process of figuring out where to put him. Um, we consider playing up a few years or trying to play on a more of a showcase national level team, which is where he was before, but we needed more development and more time to actually learn the game versus just show up and ball. So we're right now figuring all that out. Okay. And also too, is what about with you and him, the relationship? Is it, I mean, I, I can tell the reason why I was attracted to you guys is like those two are tight. Like you could just feel the bond you guys have through the game. So I think that was what attracted me already, which I told you on the phone call. I like it. You know, I like, I like what I'm seeing here, but I want you to become a little vulnerable. What are the pros and cons of you kind of giving up the reins of being the coach, you know, and just being dad. Okay. So I'm sure you, you coach your son. Yes. Yep. Yep. And there'll probably be a time where you pass those reins on to somebody else because they have to get used to looking to somebody else for advice or dealing with different coaches. The problem that I've had is sometimes you just get these coaches and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. What are you teaching? What, what's happened? What is this? Yeah. You know, because, all right, this is get the running. You just get the one run. You got the outs to get bunt, that type of stuff. Right. And you're like, that's, that's what's frustrating for giving up the reins and, and, and sliding into something else, letting him do his thing. But, you know, you're going to have good coaches and bad coaches, and hopefully you have more good coaches than bad coaches. But um, it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because, you know, you coach him for so long. You know the ins and outs of the player. Um, you know how your son works, what motivates them. You know, and all good coaches should try and find what worked for this guy isn't necessarily going to work for that guy, right? Correct, yeah perfect thing would be like Dennis Rodman if you ever watched the last dance Dennis Rodman goes out to Vegas and just to unload during during the playoffs during right. things like I'm out Jordan has to fly out to go grab him knock him on the door but like dude we have the playoff game tonight so right so you have to find what works for each individual player um as a coach and, and I think that's that's what I worry about like you know no one knows you better than your, your dad um and uh but it's going to have to happen anyways at some point. Um, it's oh. different because I think teaching your own son or coaching your own son, you have this this knowledge of like, it's easy to do for you. You do it 99 out of 100 times. And all of a sudden, remember your, your <laughs> he had one game this year. Oh, dude. He had one game this year. Five errors in one inning. Okay. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. Like that whole year, I maybe had two year two errors, and we were at the very end of the season. I had five in one game. Like so, okay. you're like, come on, bro. So that's that's what what's what's interesting is like you know, you're a lot more forgiving, I think, on on your other players mm. than you are on your own son because you know everything about your son. Yeah. There's an expectation there where you won't really have the expectation of like. Someone, someone told me a long time ago about the more the more time you invest into something, the more expectations you have. The more expectations you have, the further you have to fall. And so the same thing happens with like instructors. I do some instructing and people pay good money for instructing. And they assume that because they pay money and because I took my kid to a lesson, 
they're going to get the results, but they just showed up. They did the 30 minutes. They did the one hour and they never picked up a bat the rest of the week. Yeah. But they're frustrated because they're like, I just paid you whatever, 20, 50, a hundred dollars, $200. And I don't see results. Well, yep. you didn't put in the work. Yep. So, you know, there's a frustration level. I think sometimes where you're like, as a, as a dad coach, bro, we worked this cut for how many hours and you still miss it. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that's, and we kind of had a precursor, you know, full disclosure before air where you and I kind of chatted and started nerding out on some stuff and, and talking about this, this arena. Uh, and, and also too, when that failure, I want to take it back. When you said that five airs, how, how is that reaction? You make Tanner, you make the air. Yeah. You look at dad. Do you not? Yeah. Right. What is his react? Don't look at him. What is his re play his reaction right now? Act it out. This would be good. Act right. it out. Act so it out. My kid does this thing. He gets like the other team's lineup card, and he will write down like what the players have done throughout the the other team's players have done throughout uh -huh. the game. He gets. I, I make this air. He just puts it down and just looks around. All like, and then yeah. I make the second one in the inning, and he goes. Okay. And the third one? To be honest, to be honest, <laughs> I would probably do that to any kid where it's like, oh, yeah. I think we on. all would. Errors find errors. They do. I get that. I get that. But I'm like, just fall on the ball, bro. That's all I need yeah. you to do. Stop. And then the third and the fourth and the fifth one, he just kind of just went like this and then really. Once you get to the third, fourth, yeah, I mean the fifth. Yeah, and then it's like it's all it's, like it's you're numb by that. You're numb by that. You're, you know, there's no one feeling worse than he is. Then, then you're like, then you okay, I, we've all been there. He's at that. Today's that lesson. Today, I'm talking about that. Yeah. baseball's good. Yeah, baseball's teaching him a lesson. Okay, that's that lesson today. Right. Well, on on that. So when you do that, right, and you see the best managers, right? Put on a manager hat, not a dad hat now is when I when I would make an air or do something, you look over there, see Dusty Baker, you see Bochi, you see uh, Buddy Bell. I wouldn't say Ozzie Gian, because he would do he would do that. Right? He would he would do more than what your dad did when we made an air. Um, but uh, Joey Cora would who was kind of that manager type, right? They had a kind of a unique thing. But the good managers, which I think Joey Coro would be probably one of the best managers because he was a Zoniac. He worked with Jim Fanning. So he, he's a school to this thought is when you do that, you're creating more thoughts for your son, right? Because all of a sudden he's going to see that because I do it and I've been trained by and I've, I've talked with Jim like I want to like, ugh, like if you feel that passion even more so with your kid, right? And but what you're doing is you're adding more thoughts to their head. Right. And it, it, yeah, and it's hard is all get out to even be like, Hey, all right, next one. Well, I hope it comes to you. Right. If you do that and what you're doing is you're training his brain immediately after your reaction to think about what he wants, not what he doesn't want. I want the next one to come to you like right away. Right. So simple thing, but where we do that is kind of a pregame pregame. We, we got to tell ourselves as a dad, as a coach, when this happens, I'm, it's a pre-planned thing. It's like a curveball. I already know how I'm going to react to my approach. An error to my son or to the player or whatever, 
I know my reaction because I know if I go off of just reaction, it will be terrible. Because what I'm feeling inside, I don't want my son or that player to see it because I want the result. My thought is about the result I want on the next play, right? So that's, a, that's kind of a thinking ahead. Same with my pitchers, right? I do the same thing with my pitchers, right? I would reiterate of what I want, especially when they made an error. Because then you're, you're teaching that brain to you know, get the habits of think about what they want, especially when they make the errors, right? So there's a little, that's why I asked, what was his reaction? Because he knows. Like that, when he makes an error, he, he's looking to see because he knows the reaction right? And, and it's whether it's your dad or your coach or your teammates, that's how we are as, as like we're humans. We want reassurance. We want things like that, right? So, but for a coach or a dad, especially a dad, to, re, to re-emphasize that and show them that, that'll get them more back in the zone or flow state because you reduce thoughts because when that creates that, it reduces thoughts about what you want, not what you don't want. So are you saying I shouldn't say like, don't look at me? It's not me. I, I didn't do that, Eric. That's you. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I would say, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I barely noticed it. <laughs> so I think showing them how to how to react, just like uh, uh, what you're doing, is you're showing how to react in emotion. You know, it's not necessarily what you say, but how you perceive. He can feel that. You two are connected. That's why I picked you. I know that you two. I can tell your best friends that simple look and eye movement he can feel you guys are that close so i knew when i was saying this you guys would be receptive to it right and i feel like oh this they would be perfect for this because i know that you two are connected like that i could see when you connected you guys just did a post on christmas presents when you guys are rapidly going through that you guys were both in the flow together i could see your eye contact you guys were having fun you were both in the zone making that post where you're not mm-hmm. you can we could feel that as an audience you guys were both in the zone so that's what i was saying that connectiveness when he, like he makes that area he looks he can feel your reaction after that i don't care what you say you can see like bananas are red he's he's gonna he will feel what you're what you're pushing out i'm gonna use that right? yeah like, bananas, bananas are red bananas are red <laughs> So, so let's go back. Let's, let's, let's create a routine for you, Tanner. So you said the night before, and this is something that I would do with Jim Fannin, and he does it with his athletes. He did it with A-Rod. He did it with Frank Thomas, Hershiser. He did it with uh, Martinez. Uh, he, he does it with all of them, right? So the night before, I'd be laying in bed. Say we're facing Verlander, right? Verlander, okay, he's like, all right, Verlander, we got – such as you know, fastball, sinker, curveball, slider. He likes to go up under your chin so that he can throw that curveball off your shoulder, which he would buckle me with, which will make sense here in a minute. And then he pep gets a head down and away like there's nobody's business, right? We've seen it. We've seen him do it in the playoffs. I bring him up because we've all seen him pitch a lot, right? In big games with a lot of eyes on him. So and I've had some, some successful at-bats and not so successful at-bats with the right approach and the wrong approach, right? So the night before, uh, being able to visualize of what you want, not what you don't want, and making that a routine beforehand, seeing at-bats and replacing bad at-bats, the night before is the time to do it, okay? So what you do is you will lay down, eyes closed, 
and you will go to the batter's box of your ballpark, right? And I want you to grab as much details, like in your mind, get in the box, clean the box. Like if I'm in Kansas City right now, I can see the box. I know how it smells. I know where the fountains, like I can see the fountains. I can see the 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 crown in the center. I can see the new, uh, the Hall of Fame thing in the left. Like I can see is, I can see details. I can see where the fence is, the bullpens. I can see the grounds crew that hangs out out in the right field bullpen. Pull as much into it. So when you're there, you're there, right? So that's called, you know, that's symbolic imagery where you're bringing as much into it as possible. Then your dad's going to sit on the edge of the bed. This is right before you go to bed. He's like, all right, Verlander's on the mound. Fastball down low and away. Oh, oh, count. Stretch, pitch. When he pitches, you're visualizing him. Tell him to stretch and pitch. I can see him in, like right now, I can see him. I can see him in Detroit. I can see him in Kansas City. I can see him in Toronto and all the different places. I can put him on the mound because I've done this so many times, right? So you, whatever kid that you're facing, right? Do your homework before or get a kid of your last at bats. Okay. Put him on the mound, go through that, visualize him pitching. And as he comes down, as it comes to the hitting zone and you go to strike, what you're going to do is blow out. That's when your dad will know you hit the ball. This is also a good thing. Cause then when you're on the phone pops, cause I think you're trying to separate from him because we're, we're thinking about college professionals, big leagues someday, right? You know that that separation, what you said, has to happen at some point. I think it's a good time I'm doing the same thing with my child. It's a, it's a thing to learn to be coachable outside of your own father, especially, you know, so my son will sometimes be like, well, my not, it's not what my dad said. No, son, other people know about the game other than just me, right? Learning how to do that and for him to be receptive to people is a key too. But this is also a thing where you can come back, where you can be a part of that coaching and help separate some of those things and get back to the basics of lessening the thoughts in this drill that I'm talking about. Because then you can run through this drill, hear him and pitch. And then you can go through an at-bat. And then after the fact, all right, son, what were you at? What did you feel in your swings? Where were we at? Were you... Were you seeing the ball well? Were you doing the things? What are your things that get in the box? The things that you guys communicate about, right? The things that only you two know, the reasons why I picked you guys, right? Because you, you know him more than anybody. But having that drill eliminates all of those, eliminates mechanic thoughts, eliminates uh, outside distractions, because those aren't in our thoughts and our perfect swings. Also, a drill during this drill, as say if you, here's Verlander, always buckled me right and I had a couple strikeouts where he uh, right off the shoulder right where he throws that hammer right there and you're uh, like uh, there we go again you know and I go walking off well I, I don't want that in my vision that night Jim calls me I can see I can still see the at bat because we're in Detroit I got buckled the series before against him in Kansas City where I put myself visually in in Detroit. I saw it. Boom. Okay. I replaced it. Boom. And I, and I visualized hitting it right off his face, throwing it right past his nugget. Right. And having those at bats thinking, 
And I just played it over and over and over. And I said into my head, I'm going to hit this ball off your face. Those were my IMs as I went into the box. So I visualized that at bat. You know, I think it was like a two-two count, one-two count, where I went into the box and, and I just did my routine, got in. I wasn't necessarily looking curveball, I was looking at fastball middle way, just off speed. But as I went into that box, I said, throw it, I'll hit it off your face. I was saying I am's of what I want the same way I would in my visualization drills the night before. Okay. And I went into the box. The reason why this happened, and it it just it's that moment where boom, and you're like, oh, how do I do that? Well, go back to the night before, there's kind of a cool thing when you go into REM sleep, right? So when you're doing this, the last 30 minutes before you go to bed, your brain collects the thoughts of last 30 minutes before you go to bed. We're going to flood it, especially if you go to bed right before with your pops, either on the phone or laying, sitting next to your bed, right? And you're off at college playing at University of Florida or University of Utah, whatever you pick, right? And, uh, you're, you're there, you're, you're hearing on your pops. All right, dad, let's get this done. You go through your at-bats, right? Well, what you've done is you've, been, you've put 20 minutes of thoughts, 10 or 20 minutes of thoughts in your brain. So when you go into REM sleep, it plays for 30 minute increments for four hours, 30 minutes, 30 minutes of thoughts, 30 minutes of thoughts, 30 minutes of thoughts. So if you place that with baseball thoughts at-bats, right? You're hitting bombs for four hours, for four hours, <laughs> 30 minute reels of hitting bombs, or at least having those thoughts, those feelings, whatever your brain's picking up about that at bat. So I had feelings. Remember I said, get as many thoughts of your, of your at bat, the stadium, the dirt, the smells, the sights, get those. It, I, you may have that in your brain. You may dream about that. That will bring you back to that current moment. And then you attract the zone or flow state, right? When you start to feel that flight or flight, your body will instinctually go to that zone moment, which you had the night before, right? Does that make sense? That's the, that's the night before routine. And that's a good way to replace bad at-bats. Say you went over four and you feel crummy. You don't want to go in thinking, oh, I feel terrible. Or that's why that, that S word, right? Which we don't say because we suffocate that word. You know what word I'm talking about? Yeah. Slaw, can say it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that word. We don't say that. It, it doesn't even exist in our world. Okay. Nowhere. Not nowhere to be seen. Thank you. And so what we do is we because we replace what what we don't want with what we want in our thoughts and our visualization, right? So instead of getting buckled by Verlander, saw myself hitting it off off his face, right? hitting that, that curveball that he would continuously buckle me on, right? And so once I was able to do that, I just had that bat where it just clicked and it went, right? So next, being able to uh, apply that in the game and, and feel that, that's, your, that's, that's where you're able to take those bad habits or those bad thoughts out or replace them. And that's a half hour before. So now, pregame. Now, do you have like a walk-up song or anything? Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, no, I don't. Okay, so here, this is a structure. See, music is the gateway to the zone, right? So when you listen to music, you feel, right? You can feel it, it gets you going, it gets you grooving or whatever, right? You feel it. 
right? So what I wanted, I want you to do, go find two or three songs that you like, that are legit. So when you're in the car, you're riding to the park. It's that simple. You're putting it in, you're putting that car in, or maybe it's the start of your workout. You're starting that. It's your routine. It may, I want the same two or three songs. And they could switch. You can replace those. But those two or three songs are the songs that, all right, I'm lessening my thoughts. You may have bombed a test at school. You may have broke up with your girlfriend. Mom may be mad at you because you didn't clean your room, right? You had a couple posts you were supposed to do and you didn't get to it. So you have a couple brands that are mad at you because they paid you to do. That's real stress in your life. That's real. Those are extra thoughts. You don't want that feeling going into your at-bats or your practice. That's going to distract you from being in the zone or in flow, right? So these songs represent, okay, the rest of the world is going to disappear, right? These songs are as we're starting baseball thoughts. Okay, that's a routine and ritual. And even if you're riding in the car, instead of watching, you know, YouTube about Fortnite or whatever, you know, other kids, yeah, you're shaking your head like, oh, does he know my, look at my phone. Oh, <laughs> so look at, Look at baseball videos. Watch your favorite hitter. Start being mindful about baseball things. Say something that may be on the forefront of your, of your mind. Like, I've been trying to get, finish my backside more, extending through the ball, whatever. You know baseball things. Think about those things. Hyper-focus on them. That way, when you go into that practice, that showcase, that tournament, you're hyper-focused on that. And instinctually, you will go into that thinking about those things and you'll intuitively pick up those things. It's just like, I forget the term that it's called. If you start thinking about, you know, red cars, I want a red Jeep. You will see red Jeeps all over town, right? You'll see Jeeps everywhere where before you didn't even really think about Jeeps. It's the same thing. If you're thinking about your backside, all of a sudden you'll start picking intuitively picking up things. If you're narrow focused and in the zone, you'll intuitively pick up things from your dad or your other coaches, or maybe something you're watching on a teammate. Those things will stick out to you, right? You know, same thing happens if I'm uh, about Verlander, right? <sighs> right? Sometimes he, you know how he does this little thing sometimes, right? Yeah. He would do that a lot before he would throw that breaking ball. I intuitively picked that up on film and then he kind of, all right, I don't sit down on that thing a little bit. That was one of those things because I was narrow focused on that and I'd done my, minimized my thoughts on that. I intuitively picked up on that, okay? And you'll see it. Things will stick out to you, all right? So that's your kind of a pregame going into it. Set the song. Think about baseball things. Narrow your thoughts into baseball things. Have an objective of what you want to do offensively and defensively, right? Have narrowed focus on things going into a practice because intuitively you pick that up during uh end game now end game is think about your thoughts when you're playing i want to minimize thoughts okay i want to think about narrowed focus of what you want and not what you don't want see how many times you go in the past we want to stay in the present and what we want not what we don't want Okay. And, just, and that's just a mind check all constantly, especially when we fail and we succeed, try to stay in the moment. And that's something your dad can help you with. He's, there's going to be nobody else that knows that better than, than him by just looking at you. Now, second is uh, third is post game. Okay. When that car ride home pops, right. 
And, and this is a category that I think is more directed to the parents because sometimes that's where we start to talk. This is where we can unload on them. This is where we can, and you can unload on them, but if you get them in, a, in an alpha state of the mind, of let them, let them come to you. Like, how do you feel? Hearing them beforehand, they may be thinking they're awesome, right? And they're, they're, they are on top of the game, but you're lit because he gave attitude towards another co- or whatever things that we, we think we value as dads and coaches or something that he may have not done that we expected him to do. We don't want to waste that good feeling because he's going to, if you hear that and say, all right, what do you got? Oh, dude, I was locked in on this. And, okay. What can we improve on? Just being more mindful as a dad or as a coach on the way home uh, and as a player to really evaluate and look real at uh, how we could have done better. That's where we make gains. An abnormal player doesn't evaluate their game like that. Logically, like I could have kept my head better or uh, I need to stay better on breaking balls or I need to stay down on off speed. That's where your plan starts for the week or improvement on workouts the next day is being able to have that 20 minutes, be real, only go in the past to learn. We're not going in the past to be a victim. Okay, that's being mindful of what we're talking about. We're going in the past, all right, I made that as errors and I was, I was pissed, right? Why did I make those errors? Why did you make those five errors? You got 20 minutes to be really real with yourself, okay? I did the first one because it just ate me up. Second one, my mind wasn't there. Third one, definitely wasn't there. Fourth, I was looking, you know, you could, if you're really real and go to that on those 20 minutes right home, then it's done and it's over. Being able to stop those 20 minutes and then walk into the house afterwards and leave it in the car in those 20 minutes is huge. Stefan Curry, I heard him explain it. Soon as that ball leaves his hand, he knows he made it or he didn't. Immediately, he's already visualizing the correction. I mean, as everybody is celebrating or not celebrating, he's, he's already thinking what he's going to do. And he's telling himself over and over the correction. And then he has a routine where he hits, I, I forget the number. He has nothing but net. I forget how many he said. I don't know if it's 10. It's probably 100, <laughs> how good he is, right? Nothing but net three-pointers to work on that adjustment, whether he makes it or not. And never, he said, never, as soon as that ball leaves his hand, never does he think he's not the person to take that shot. Like to his soul, same as a hitter. Never in my soul do I think I'm not the right hitter to be up, right? Soon as that leaves, you're not that special person, right? Stefan Curry is that special person, right? soon as that ball leaves his hand, there's no doubt that he's still the right person to take that shot. But it's also because how he deals with failure. He deals with it better. And you saw the, the last dance with Jordan. He explains that. He was never not the right guy. And you know how many shots he missed? Every shot that he missed, in his mind, you, you heard him, it made it that team is that much more in trouble next time in that situation. And the whole world believed that too because he believed it that much, right? So that's kind of a, a way to evaluate post-game evaluation. Don't go into victim, go into learning. That's how we do it for that 20 minutes home. And I, and I know with me, once I kind of learned this and from a dad view, I know my son started evaluating his games in a healthier mindset 
when I would go and say, all right, what do you got? Like, what'd, what'd you do good today? Like, you know, and sometimes I had to be like, all right, easy. I know where you're mad. Like, what'd you do good today though? Got him saying what's good. And then he's in a better alpha mindset to evaluate his game afterwards. Does that make sense? All right. And so there's my pregame, in-game, post-game, you know, snippets. Uh, let's, let's flip the conversation and I want to, I'm, I want to nerd out on products, right? So, so let's, let's start off with uh, bats. What, what do you think are going to be the bats for the year? Um, let's see here. DeMarini is always really good in youth trip, but they break like that. They do. You look at them wrong. My dad has this thing. You look at them wrong and they snap, they break. So, uh, currently I'm using a, a BB Corbett's, uh, Rawlings Quattro. Okay. I personally think that's, that's the best one out there for me, but it's kind of the best of both worlds. You got unloaded, balanced power contact. So whatever, whatever you, whatever you hit like there, but those are the two bats that I really think are going to do well this year, just from my standpoint. But Slugger. Slugger is getting there. The meta prime is. Yeah. The hot ones that everybody uses it's just the standard of the best bat that's out there right now but i, I personally think that there's some out there that are better i think it's really interesting though know, because like I think meta, what, what's the meta is it the meta yeah, the Slugger, meta prime or the prime yeah that's the one my son just walked up he heard bats he came walking up <laughs> so he, he he's wanting the meta prime here yeah man it's a good it's a good bat so what's interesting though is like Everyone thinks that the hot bat's the hot bat's the hot bat. <clears throat> and there's few exceptions, but sometimes because the levers are different, mobility is different, strengths are different, hand speed's different, the bat that's hot for this guy isn't necessarily hot for that guy because I've seen the technology that goes into Maruchi's cat, cat series, yeah. and they put in a ton of R&D into it. I think it's a good bat. I've seen the damage that it can do, but he doesn't swing it well. It's yeah. bad, but it's a good bat. It's yeah, good bat. Was, what what was that uh, bat, bro? It's the blue. Wonder stick. The what? The wonder stick. The wonder stick. I think that's what it's called. But... Is it a wonder stick? You guys know what? It's a. Or the wonder, wonder stick. stick. Yeah. It's like a blue one. It's not a De Marini. Ooh. It's a De Marini. But mm -hmm. that's it, dude. It's this thing is live. Brody doesn't hit well with it. And yeah. And, and he just doesn't because I think that's what you're saying because he's really he's more of a left center you know more of a hitter Tony Gwynn type I mean your dad you know or Tony Tanner, right so he's more of a Tony Gwynn type hitter not throw the head get it out which I think that does make a difference because having that you know that DeMarini Zen kind of more balanced feel was a better bat for him yeah that, that bat is the hottest bat out there I've also been Trip. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. The list that just came out. Yeah. What, what, what bats on there were you sad to see go? Honestly, I was. I don't. Let's see. I didn't really. I didn't really read the full list. The only thing that I saw is that the Zen was gone. Yeah. I think that was the one that got most of the attention too. Yeah. <laughs> Zen pulled. They dropped five Zen from 2017 to CF8. Yeah. Um, which was just as hot I mean, as the had been gone so long ago. Yeah. So, so long ago. So I, I see. The, so you're kind of a Rawlings guy, right? I, I do like Rawlings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. What, what, what do you like about the Rawlings gloves? Cause I, I, I saw in a, you ran through your gloves real quick and I just got done with Jay, right? Uh, doing a p- podcast with him about gloves. Mm-hmm. What do you like about those? Cause you, you combed over them real quick. You said you got the trainer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That's the, the paddle, which I think yeah. is an awesome tool. What do you like about that? Uh, just a paddle or Rawlings gloves? No, the, pad- the paddle first. Yeah. Uh, the paddle, I mean, it's there's a there's a few different paddles that I've tried. One of them, um, it's a Players Brand Pro, and it's a it's one of those paddles that's flat, but you uh-huh. can also like kind of give to it, right? So yeah. that it's not like a straight pancake, like a brick. Yeah. So the the Rawlings one, one thing that I really like is if you use it enough, it kind of breaks in. Mm-hmm. So you can you can bend it a little bit and get a little bit more of like a glove type feel than a just straight pad, uh, kind of brick wall type feel. So that, that's uh, what I like, like about it too is, is what the, what you're describing. It actually makes your hands learn to fold, kind of use right the whole hand rather like if in a glove sometimes you go with your fingertips how kids do. But what that does is actually teaches you to feel with a kind of a flat hand. So I I agree with the way it, when it breaks in. Like that. Yes, I don't even for feeling, but you can't really do too much besides fielding them down the middle. So, and and that's, that kind of leads us to the glove that you have next, right? That uh, the one that you showed that was your trainer glove, a little bit shorter, yeah. right? And which one is that? Uh, that one I think is a is it? I think it's Lindor, right? So Lindor and the hat, So that one. That one's really small compared to the my regular glove, and it's just really one of one of my big problems is I don't get low enough to the ground when I'm fielding. So sometimes if I don't get low on the backhands, <laughs> if I don't get low on the backhands or forehands, I'll just go right under or skip, and it'll come out. So that that shorty glove takes off four three and a half inches, and you have to really get down to the ground and make sure that your glove is there. And then when you go back to your regular glove, it's it's just easy. Your gloves are already on the ground. So. But I think those those gloves are important, especially with guys that his biggest thing is like he's growing, right? Everyone's yeah. growing at these ages. Between 12 and 16, it's a significant stretching goes on. And if you don't pick up that glove in the offseason, you grow three inches, you're hosed. Yeah. Hosed. So I think some of it, he's about compressing down in his legs as much uh, because what used to work, compressing down now has to compress down even further because he's taller. And so, you know, those training gloves are nice because you have to get down, you have to get lower for it. So they're good. And then, so your game gamer. Yes. Leads us to, to the extension of our body during a game, our baby. What do you got? So uh, mine is a, it's a custom Rawlings glove. It's got the speed shell on the back there. So it's black, uh, red, uh, black, red, I think we put silver in there, but it's kind of gone away now. Gold, isn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah, gold. Gold. Black, red, gold. Want that platinum gold glove. You want that yeah, gold? It, it kind of wears off after using it for every single game for like a year and a half. But it's a, it's a NP5 from Rawlings. So what's really cool that I like about Rawlings is they've got a bunch of different models based on how you close it, so the, the, how you close the glove. So for me, I go thumb to middle finger, and that NP series is perfect for me so that's what i'm gaming right now but it's kind of getting flimsy a little floppy I've had it for a long time, oh, long time. 
So, so you're dad's like long time. We had ropes for a long time. Bro, my, my, my first basement has no fingers, finger toes in it at all. None. It's just like <laughs> whole hand goes up in it. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. So. Yeah, long time. What, and what model was yours? Mine's a Wilson 2800. I think it's a 2800 is what they call it. He's probably had that. Little so you're a Wilson guy. Yeah. I was always a Wilson guy. Yeah. I love Wilson. I, I, growing up, I, I was a Rawlings just because I think it lasted a little longer. My dad would only just buy one glove. So the Rawlings right. a little stiffer. And, but once I got to, I was actually, you know, got drafted by the Astros. Tony Pena was there and he was kind of my, catching mentor and he was like get rid of that thing put this on from that point on yes sir mr Payne, i will be a wilson guy so that's why i switched to wilson using the 1791 and then when i became somebody that helped kind of put together that m1 with the super scan on it and uh uh kind of a part of putting that glove together so that was kind of fun i'm a fan of the synthetics man the super scan and the speed shell make it lighter and make it look yeah they clean up and they're durable. I was on the fence. I think the first one we had was uh, a dat dude that had some synthetic on it. And I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah. But it held up really well, really well. So um, how was the uh, the post that I saw that I thought was pretty interesting, the virtual reality? Uh, I was wondering what you were going to ask. <laughs> is the best out there. It's probably my, my favorite training tool that I have right now. Does it give you some of that stuff that I was saying? That being there, yeah, right. It they've got like a full yeah. like MLB stadium. They got birds flying in the air. They got everything, every little tiny detail that you wouldn't really think of. They they've got it. They and, did uh, exactly what I described. Yeah. Them, what you're saying I <laughs> wonder like what you they can't, you can't do is smell it. So. The only thing, but yeah, if you can run out and get some grass and dirt and put it in front of his face while he has that on, that would be great. I really I actually throw things at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Real, real. Oh, yeah. need to learn how to play in the Bronx, bro. This is what they do. <laughs> but it's good, man. It's really impressive because, like, when I put it on, your brain as an adult, right, totally is like, I know it's fake. I know it's fake. Yeah. I know it is. And I throw on this thing. And there's a Rollins ball spinning, spin. like the MLB yep. logo, everything. The Rollins ball is spinning right in front of you, right in front of you. So like right here, and yep. you get spinning in, in the air, just holding. And I'm like, like you know it's not there, but you finally grab it. Yeah. And so they do a really good job. I, I put it on um, his hitting coach, is Chad Allen. He played for the Rangers yep. and the Twins, and I put it on him, and he's like, come on, let's go, bring it, bring it, bring it. Ooh. You see him dropping back and rolling back. He's like, throw it at my gourd. You know, he's like, yeah. it's like you will Everywhere. duck out of the way when that ball comes at your face. It's that, it's that immersion. Speeds and pitches, everything. They got probably, let's see, they got a lot of different pitchers on there, all the way up from like high school youth, all the way up to like MLB. So it's it's really cool. So do, doing that before bed would probably be, yeah. on next level of what I was talking about. Do you have like a routine or a, like a kind of just like your tea routine? Do you have a routine with that yet? Or are you still kind of playing with it? Um, with that, they have a, a program that okay. will, they have a person that will put in a program for you that has a bunch of different uh, pitches and programs based on what you're bad at. 
okay. so it's kind of funny when i first started off it was kind of just a different mix of things and then as i've gone on you can you can kind of tell it kind of picks up on different things then we'll put an expert program or two in there based on what i'm what i'm bad at dude i can't wait to get that toy it's, it's really cool so chris odav dan odav right so rockies yeah DM for a while that's who it is right yeah so they have a big baseball background they've been a select mlb because they that's how they made it like in your division we're only going to give it to you and this guy yeah so it's a perk and they've been using them for years in colleges and mlb but now they compress it into just a vr headset no and instead of having a gaming computer and the cord they're able yeah. to stick on the oculus so what i've seen what i've seen the benefit i don't look at it at all as a video game it's a training tool yeah. What I've seen is he's slowed down the game. Yeah. Significantly in the past few months that he's been using it, facing faster velocity, you know, especially at younger ages with the kids. I'm sure you see it with your son. When you get that outlier guy who's like, who the hell is a six foot 12 year old who's yeah. throwing hard from 50 feet? And yeah. it's, it's everyone speeds up. They're like, oh my gosh. And, and their reaction, their stride, their load, everything speeds up. Their swing speeds up. It looks like crap. Now it's now he's getting that vibe of just like, all right, faster velocity. I'm going to start a little earlier. I'm going to slow my stride down and just catch it. And that I attribute to the win reality. Yeah, I, I kind of surprised myself the last tournament of the year. First tournament back from I pulled my quad. And uh -huh. so it was my first tournament back. I haven't played in like three months. I get in there and there's this one guy we faced. And I used to think he threw absolute gas. Yeah. And then after using the one reality, I probably saw 3,000 pitches before I saw him again. And yeah. I got in there and it was nothing. It was literally like the ball was floating. And it was like, as my hitting coach likes to say, it was the beach ball. Yeah. And I hit that, it. I hit it hard to center. But some guy made an amazing catch. What about the other the other tool that I saw that you use, which, which is on my radar? Because I don't know, have you heard of slow the game down? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the SnapTech LED yeah. light center because he, he has a thing, you know, with the, the strings and stuff that I did when I was with the Royals. That's old school. We had strings and little beads, right? Now we have LED SnapTech. Explain to me, since you have experience with this, explain to me benefits and then also what you got out of that. All right. So do you want to know like the glasses or do you want to know like the LED strip? Both. Both, because okay. they're so, I have them both written down of getting them. <laughs> all right, so we just got the LED strip it's called Synchrony, uh -huh. and uh, I've used it once, and uh, so far they've got like six different modes on there for it, okay. and uh, I would say like four or five of them are kind of uh, specific to baseball. Like you could use them. Were so down this line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one that I really like is the Go No Go. So it'll have a green light that goes all the way down. And then if that green light turns red at any point, you can't hit the button. Oh, so okay. if it stays green, you hit the button. And if it doesn't, if it turns red, you don't. And then what's cool is it hooks up to your phone and you can plug that in and it'll tell you scores. That's how you choose the modes and everything. So they've got timing, go, no, go. You can play tennis with your friends if you have another controller. Oh, okay. They have something called chafe where there's two lights going down. But this one, one in the back is moving quicker than the other one. So you have to choose perfectly when they when meet it gets, up. When it gets right. Line, right? Perfectly. So 
it, it's really cool. I feel like uh, that would be that'd be pretty cool because you can also there's a bunch of different things you can do with the settings to make it go faster, slower, whatever you need to make it easier or harder. So that one is pretty cool. I need to use it a little bit more before. We just I, got it. Yeah, before I yeah. give you like the, the whole spiel about it, but yeah, uh, that's what I've seen. Yeah, there were, I the guys over at uh, Slow the Game Down pretty tight with him just because I used you know, Dr. Harrison's, all his stuff when I was, you know, for concussion control and things like that, they would monitor that, uh, for me throughout my career. And that's one that he, he highly endorses and says, that is, that is an awesome thing. That's a thing to, to go after and, and get. And then obviously he and I have been talking about VR for a while as a training tool before it was a thing. Right. Cause I was, when I was with the union talking about the, uh, uh, when uh, kind of a license thing, right? Because our name, likeness, and image, I was like, our voices, our, our movements, we need, you know, I was in a position where, hey, we need to get paid for this. You know, this is going to be a new thing. Right. You know? So, and, and that was before it was coming out. It was a, a, a uh, kind of this could happen type thing back in the day when I was still playing. And lo and behold, here we are. So, I remember thinking that's going to be the coolest thing I've ever seen. Seen, right, right, right. So, who's using it? So, um, is uh, what about uh, batting gloves? What do you got on batting gloves? For me, I'm using the uh, batting gloves. So they got. I use the long cuff ones. So a little wider, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're really cool because yeah, when cut. I first got them. I was just expecting them to be like a regular pair of batting gloves and I put them on and they have this leather that I've never heard of until I got the batting gloves. It's called a Cambretta. Cabretta. Cabretta. Yeah. And yep. uh, you put yep. it on and this thing, the leather is like the softest leather you've ever felt in your entire life. So it's, it's crazy. You put them on really? and uh, most of the batting gloves that I've had, they last maybe, maybe a month if I'm lucky. And then this pair mm -hmm. that I've had, been like six and a half months and they haven't ripped so maybe, maybe they yeah maybe the others didn't fit right maybe maybe, maybe you need a, maybe you need a custom pair of lizard skin gloves that would, be yeah. I mean, would you try that out? i've never had any lizard skin batting gloves before well yeah, tell you what i talked with brad at lizard skin because you know i was a part of developing the the wrap right um when I started Buck Athletics, the, the glove guardians and glove wraps that I produced, I actually sold my company and some of my patents to Lizard Skin, along with my brother-in-law, who was really the, the engine behind, I was wallpaper, you know, and came up with the, the idea of the, the glove guard and Jordan's getting one here and I'll send you one out. Well, actually what I think what's happening so like was this thing, right? We, we yeah. got only three of them. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, got, yeah? Okay. we got three of those. We got like five oh, of the, the, the wraps. Yeah. The wraps. Okay, good. Yeah, man. We good stuff. So much. So, I talked to Brad. Yeah. So, I, I sold off my brother in law and all my patents to Lizard Skin because uh, I was kind of, I wanted to move on and do some other things with the union and then some other stuff I had cooking. And I was at that point where it, I either had to jump all in. Because Dicks and all the all Shields and all the sporting stores were wanting to, to do the big orders, and that whole SKU system. So I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to jump to this. 
saw had the relationship I had with lizard skin, helping them get into baseball and, and starting with them. So I kind of sold off and kind of came partners with them in a, in a way to selling off my brother-in-law who is now one of their main designers over there and designs all the batting gloves and uh, a lot, some of their new designs off the custom stuff on the, the lizard skin itself. And then also uh, the control paddles. You play MLB the show? Yeah. Baseball MLB? Okay. So he has lizard skin that goes on your, your uh, paddles, PlayStation. PlayStation paddles or Xbox. That's amazing. That's so great. when I talked to them, I talked to them that you were coming on the show with me and I said, hey, I need to get my boy a custom pair. And that's why you don't have it yet. Because I'm going to put you in, in touch with them. They're going to design out a custom tanner pair, right? With your custom design, your name and kind of give you a swag pack and uh, hook you up with some lizard skin stuff. And sounds like you might get some more bat wraps and uh, uh, glove guardians and, and bags from lizard skin and, and some glove wraps. So uh, for coming on the show with me and, and kind of nerding out equipment. So thank you. Is, hey, uh, Pops, is there any, do you guys have any other questions in the middle game? I know we kind of got away from that, got into the fun stuff. Dad, you got any questions before we, uh, what do you have for like, okay, okay, this is actually great. You know who Chase Darnell is? Who? Chase Darnell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis, I was his mentor. And Travis, exactly, right? Yeah. So you got Travis and Chase. So we've had the opportunity to like Chase stay with us for five days before COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And he kind of, I'm not sure what mental skills coach he worked with, but he was talking about some simple nuances of like, what do you do when you see like guys cleaning out cleaning out their the batter's box he's like yeah. what do you what do you think they're doing i was like i think they're like looking to see where they take their stride to he's like typically for me i look at it, i'm swiping away that last at bat that meant nothing to me I'm, I'm deleting it I'm, I'm cleaning it up so it's a fresh start i was like okay i like that that's like i've never heard of that but that's awesome he's like the unbuckling and the buckling of the gloves and i was like stalling stalling resetting your brain that's my guess so he's like for me what i would do i would stay out of the box put my gloves on strap in to get locked in okay. and then i'm ready to go to work and i get in the box and i'm ready to take my hacks that's how that, stop for me, it was reset reset that's how i do it <laughs> so, so that's how mental skill stuff I, I believe the mental side of the game is probably the least talked about and probably the most important aspect of the game. And so anytime that you have the opportunity to talk about it or get these little small nuggets of like, what are we doing? You know, the, the breathing, breathing technique. Mode. Yeah, yeah. Something, right? Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, any tips that you have that, that typically isn't talked about or, or knowing about, like, what do you got for that? You got anything that you think is like, this is, this is what I do, this is why I do it. Yeah. And I'll give you a little drill. So, and this is, this is again, like a feeling going to the box, right? When you step into the box, you repeating what you're going to do. I'm a, or some sort of, I am, I'm looking fastball. I'm awesome. I rake. I'm better than Mike Trout. It does not matter. It's a feeling of confidence going into the box, right? So every doorway you walk in tomorrow, right? When you walk into that doorway and walk into the class, 
walk into that doorway 10 feet tall and as if you're walking in the box and say, I'm the best hitter on the planet or whatever you say, Tanner, in your brain. Practice saying that going into the box. So every doorway, you see that doorway behind you? When you walk out of this after our little thing, that's the first time you're going to do it. You're going to walk out of that box like you're walking in the box and practice saying those I am's. The more you say those, the more it becomes a reality, the more that your brain will believe it. You are what you think about. And if you're going into the box and you're going in there, you will start to feel it. Now, the other part of this, when you enter that classroom or into that room, okay, and maybe your mom's on the outside of that door right there, and you're going to walk up to her and look her in the eye long enough to see her eye color and just tell her, I love you, mom. Do nothing else, but make sure she feels you in the eye. I want you to recognize that energy and see how she reacts. That energy, when you enter that box, that pitcher feels you. You're going to make him feel you. You're going to make your mom feel you. There's an energy change right there that if we control that as a hitter, you're in control of the at-bat. So tomorrow, well, actually starting when we get off this podcast, you're going to walk through that door and the first one is going to be like, I'm awesome. Mike Chat has nothing on me. I don't care what it is. It makes you feel good. Nobody else has to hear it in your brain. When you're saying that going into the box, you're going to feel it 10 feet tall. Go find your mom. Look her in the eye long enough to see eye color. And then tell her, I love you. Just so you can really feel that sincere, recognize that she's going to kind of be like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, you'll, you will feel, she will feel you when you look her in the eye. People don't do this. People don't understand that energy. And if you understand that and start to recognize that when you go to the box, you will have those pictures beat before you enter that box, okay? You will feel that energy. They will think, oh, I have no chance before you even walk in that box. There's a thing that goes on there. And the more you become aware of that, and that's one of those little small thing secrets that players know. When you enter that box, you, you have, you see Kiki Hernandez, right? He thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. Guess what? He is because he believes it, right? And how he enters that box gives him confidence. Right. And learning that, having that drill to do that over and over in every doorway you feel, that'll be good. It'll be a good drill. But when you do it at school, there's a kind of disclaimer. You're going to walk into your classroom, 10 feet tall. People are going to feel you. You're going to say that I'm the best looking kid in the class. I don't care what you say. It's an I am. Okay. I am that makes you confident. I'm going to kill it in this class. I'm going to ace this test. I'm going to, I'm going to learn to, I'm going to be a super learner today. Say something that you want to do as you go into there. Go up to your teacher and ask her how she's doing today and look her in the eye. Here's the disclaimer. She will teach to you more than any child in that class. She will be focused on you more than any child in that class. Try it. If there's a thing of energy there that get exchanged that you can win that at before you even enter the box if you get good at that game. Right. And that's the same thing as if you're a pitcher or you're a leader on your team. Feel that. Look your pitcher in the eye. Maybe he's struggling. Walk him. Hey, look him in the eye. Make him feel. I believe in you. We believe in you. Turn around, walk away. He'll be like, whoa. All right. Make people feel you. It's a, it's a secret. And, and if you learn how to control that, you will be the leader on the team that people gravitate towards.
Don't don't yell, throw strikes. Yeah, because we're, yeah. we're not yeah. trying to throw strikes. Uh, <laughs> we're trying to throw bolts. Here's here's the, here's the conversation that goes on in the Carson household. Okay. Cockiness, having some extra reserve in the gas tank. So my wife was always like, "Gotta be humble, gotta stay, you know, don't don't be like so confident and cocky." And I was like, "Trust me." He's gonna need when he strikes out a bunch of times. He's gonna need some of that reserve in the gas tank because sport that sucks that we yeah. love. So, yeah. where's your thoughts on uh, you know when it's good, it's good, but how high do you want to go? I think I, I, I think you gotta have the confidence on stop. Like you look at Odor on our team, we love the Rangers, but you look at Odor, he's batting the buck, whatever. But every time he gets in at bat, he looks like he wants to murder that. That he's just like. He wants to murder that pitcher. Like he's the best hitter out there. And you I believe it. When I see him in his faith and his demeanor, same with Soto, they're there to just destroy the ball and they know they can destroy the ball. And, so, and see, they're making you feel that that energy that I was telling you about. TV. Feeling that. And it's not, it's cockiness, like people mistake cockiness or confidence and convinced and secure. Of, of yourself and being confident people that that aren't confident that that you make feel that you're better than them they will try to bring you down by saying it's cockiness now there's disrespecting and and being a jerk i, I don't think that's what we're talking about mm -hmm. right you, you know i think you've raised your kid i i mean he's he's an influencer you can tell right you can tell if someone's but he does not come across to that so i i don't and I don't think that's what we're talking. I know that's not what we're talking about, but being convinced about your abilities, being confident and not being ashamed to say, look, yeah, throw that ball. I will hit it off your face, Verlander. There's, there's no other way to hit that ball. than for me, like I, I had to convince myself to do that until I did it. I had to have already seen myself and be so convinced that I'm going to do it before I actually did it. That's the level we're competing at. And it, it, that's the correct way to do it. You can't argue that. That's it's been proven. If I went up there, like, think, I mean, I'm, if he does the right thing, I'll hit this curveball. You lost. You're, not, you're yeah. done. Especially yeah. against Verlander, he'll bust that off. He'll throw that hook, and I'll be if I have any of that inkling thought. But if I'm like, throw that, I will hit this off your face. Come on, geek. I'm talking about my IMs. I'm making him feel me. So much to why I feel myself, right? And you have to be convinced that you're the man. That's why I said that whole drill of that you're walking. All those doorways tomorrow, I want that confidence to be building. Get to where it's confident. And a confident person respects people around them because they know they're better. They respect everybody around them because the, the best person in the world uplifts everybody around them because they already know they're at the top. That's a true, convinced, confident person, a well-defined person. And that's a zone performer because nothing else is going to derail them. Because if you're making fun of me, it's you're admitting that I'm better than you if you're trying to bring me down. And it, once you get, kind of get that lock in, that's our door. I know. I, okay, I don't care if I'm hitting 180, but watch, I'll go on a tear. I'll hit 20 in a row. I've done it before. That's mm -hmm. literally how his brain thinks. That's why he's in the show. That's good, man. I think that's really good. Just we we we've been in a situation where we have to talk about that for 
on social media because there's a lot of bullying that goes on in social yeah. media. When you, your, your son's 12 years old, I'm sure they're going to run into it. Um, and it's just, you know, you never hear criticism, not criticism, because criticism is a great thing, especially when it's constructive criticism. It's a great thing. But if the guys that are just nasty about it, that, you know, we already talk about that when, you know, when you go to high school, you're going to get chanted at that you're overrated. Yep. Just do your Good. job, talk them out, and prove that you're, you're there to hit and do your job, you know? It, that's, that's where you get to the point where you're, like where I said, if someone teases you and makes fun of you, that's them admitting they're not as good as you. They're not at a level of a human as you are. You're up here and they're trying to pull you down. Overrated. Guess what? Those nerds are in the bench. Those are the geeks that made fun of us, right? Because all we did was athletics. Guess what? They paid to come watch us. I make grown men hold their pee to watch me hit. Like they had a couple beers in the game. I made grown men like hold their urine to watch me hit a baseball. That guy may have booed and made fun of me because I made you hold your potty to watch me hit. You're telling me I suck? You hold your pee-pee to watch me, grown man. Yeah. Right? So those those game, games, that, that's a fun stuff. Like that's something I used in my head, right? Because it's it's about how I feel, right? And knowing and really, you know, conceptualizing that these people are only doing this to try to pull me down, yeah. right? Because yeah. I'm at a space, I'm yeah. at a space they're jealous of. That's the only reason they're doing it. And and you're you're gonna get that dude because you're at a you're an influencer in the game, right? Yeah, I mean, you have major leaguers, past major leaguers, calling to talk to you about equipment and nerding out about baseball stuff, right? Kids are gonna be jealous of it. Oh well. I have no time for you. I'm going to places that you won't go. I wouldn't even give it any mind. And when they do it, it's confirming that you're doing the right thing. That's how you got to think. How about uh, we've got our, our, our Rangers catcher, Jose Trevino. We were uh -huh. able to, to hit with him a little bit, pick his brand a little bit. And I said, Jose, when, when you're, you're squatting down, and I see this, all the catchers do this, right? You're squatting down. I see you guys look over here. And then you look up here and you look on, uh, you're, you're checking everything out. Are you looking to see if he's like eyeballing your signs? Is that what it is? He's like, nah, man, they don't really do that any much anymore because that's a whole other thing. He's like, I'm reading like his body language. He might come in like being cocky as can be, but he's white knuckling his, 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 his grip or he's his big heavy breath. And he's like, now oh, I know that's pure BS. You can come and look the part, but you're not acting the part once you get in the box. So what other little things do you see as a catcher that are like tells for either pitchers or batters? What are you doing in that box? So sometimes when I'm getting out, I like to watch their feet because your body will tell. It's like a poker player. Your body will tell things that happen. Like his breath, I've changed like breath tempo on guys. When they're thinking fastball, I can, their breaths will go quicker, right? So that's, I've changed my pitch. I've thrown change-ups because I've seen breath pitch go quicker. Also, I've on feet, like, so if they're, th if I've been pounding them in, I can see their, their front foot move out a little bit, I'll pick that up in a hurry, right? Or their toe opens up a little bit. I can, like if they're here and then just that slight turn, like, ah, you're thinking in, I'm going cutter away or, or change up. They're yeah. starting, I'm, I pounded them, all right, I did my job. Cause I'm doing it 
to see one of those tails, right? Or I may see him choke up or do something. That's an indication they're, they're thinking in now, right? I said, like Trout did it. Trout would end up just opening just a tiny, oh, finally got him off going to right center. I can finally now throw away safely or this guy won't hit it out of the park, right? You had to get like him and Poos, you had to get them aware of going inside or, or these guys are too good. And those little telltale signs is what I would be, we're all trained to see, just like uh, he would tell you. Uh, it, those are the things that we are trained to intuitively pick up to be able to, to call games. When were you able to, personally thing, I, I've never been a catcher and I hate even catching him because his movement at the end is like, I hate it. I hate it because sometimes it just kicks. Like, yeah, man. You got me in the chair. It's always a fun thing as a kid to handcuff your dad, right? Yeah, when when would you say like because I think catching probably will probably the hardest position. Um being the field general, understanding the batter, understanding your pitcher, understanding the situation of the game. When did you feel like I I I am a catcher? I know what I'm doing. I would say when I was when I was in high school, I had a coach, Steve Cramblett, that let me call my own games and started getting quite a few looks because of the way I called games at high school, and then also just kind of some of the skill things I could do from behind the plate, you know, early on throwing from my knees and stuff. Uh, I felt like, all right, I have the tools. Like I started to think, all right, I could really do this. The attention and stuff I get, but then when I started working with Tony Pena and I was in high A, double A, I was like, I got it. Like where I really got it. I, I came to the yard with a plan. I, I worked with my starting pitchers and had a plan to make them better. I knew how to work a bullpen. I knew the roles that they had. I defined the roles. I helped them define it. That was what really was catching is that I made my pitching staff better and I helped them solidify the roles and solidify themselves. That's what catching was. It wasn't so much the physical part. It was when I was able to run a staff that it was like, all right, I'm a, I'm a catcher now. It's pretty cool, man. Where, where, where I perfected it, where I think I became one of the better ones was a lesson that I had to learn through, uh, uh, through Buddy Bell. I, I end up like getting punched out it was the end of a game. We're up by like one, right? And I should have been really thinking about being a catcher, right? I punched out on a bad call. I start screaming the cat umpire, but he kind of gets me out of the way, has me go get my gear on, right? I'm like, oh, he kind of, I felt validated. I'm putting my gear on. I'm starting to yell again from the dugout with my gear on. Young guy, right? And Buddy comes back in the thing and I, I'm mad. And he comes in, what are you doing? Screaming at me. I'm like, uh-oh. Like realizing he was being a manager, getting his catcher out of the way, right? Because I shouldn't have been doing it. But he's protecting me so that I could go out and catch and win this ball game. My head was being very selfish at that point. That was kind of the, the last step to where that game playing is not about me. Being a real catcher is about that team and that pitcher that's out there and managing the game. My, my catching was just 
extra, like bonus extra, you know, and I had to be every waking moment at the big league level there for my pitchers. And when that, and that was a time, like, I can't let that slip. And he, he, uh, how the story goes, I go out, he's still yelling at me as I go out, I'm warming up the pitcher, buddy Bell's still yelling. The umpire's like, that's enough. I'm like, Hey, Hey, easy. He's yelling at me. Please stop. Buddy's yelling at me and, uh, Buddy's yelling at me, and I was like, please stop. You're making him more angry. He ends up getting ejected for cussing at me, not the umpire. He was yelling yeah. at me. And so he gets ejected. I'm like, oh, great. I got to see him after the game. I go in, and uh, yeah, we end up having a chat afterwards in his office. And, and it was about that stuff. And he was like, all right, lesson learned. Here we go. So it was something that stuck out to me, and, and that's when I think full encompass when I – from that, that was, point on, it was, yeah, it was like, I'm here for my pitchers. It was, that was the full rounding moment. It's interesting, man, because, you know, <clears throat> I don't think you get too many good, good catchers. They're still learning. At, at yeah. this age, they're still really, really learning. And we've had the opportunity to work with some, some pro catchers and probably some of the best pitching coaches I've ever come across are these guys that played yeah. in the college and are pro, pro catchers and will be catchers or my LB catchers i'm like y'all are good at what you do you're picking up on a lot of things you're like well because you know this is happening because of this and this and that i'm like tell that, that got us from out from being a squat man it's 110 degrees out there i will learn anything i can to go back in that dugout on a you know on a kansas city or a texas afternoon up in arlington it's like an oven out there i wanted to get out of there so my, my buddy just became the gm Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's it, it's funny because uh I I I've been texting him back and forth. I was like, is this true? Like he's like, yep. And I was like, wow, I guess I gotta lock in a little more. But it's funny because I would we were both playing at the with the uh Seattle Mariners at the time, and I remember he was kind of my the, lunch. Who was the manager when you when you were with the Mariners? What? Who was the manager when you were with the Mariners? McClellan. Okay. I'm uh, from Washington State, so I love the Mariners. Yeah. Yeah. Blue so Camilla, that was my guy. I love Blue. Yeah. He was just, yeah. He was just, he was wild. I remember yeah. getting, yelling at Rocco Bodelli uh, during yeah. one of our spring training. I was, I was like, dude, it's spring training. This guy's coming unglued. <laughs> Throwing stuff in the dugout. I was like, wow, it's spring training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that guy's fired up. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good move for Texas. I think he is because I remember he's a guy that I think everybody's going to buy into what he's doing. He's extremely smart, and I remember going to lunch with him and him scheming about how he would run a team. And like he was meant to be a GM, not a pitcher. Yeah, he was a great pitcher, but he's, he's meant a, to do he's this. Role. He's meant to do it. He is That's meant awesome, to do it. We, we need it. I'll be honest. I think I think that it's time for some fresh blood and I understand like the business side where, you know, you don't really control all the purse strings and how much you're willing to allocate and spend and, and all of that, especially with COVID. But I just think that some of the stuff and some of the conferences that we've had are short-sighted. And so hopefully. I think he's he's going to bring what, yeah, he'll bring what they have and make the most of it. And then I think, uh, uh, bring in be able to fit the pieces he has but i think his strength will be the people that he has developing what he has get the most out of that 
it, I think that <laughs> will be his strong suit. Yeah, quite a few young kids that are going to be good. Yeah, they do. I think that's one of the main reasons why I think he's the guy. Great. That's probably why they made the decision they did. Hopefully, hopefully better than the last like. Who do you want to see Josh. Josh Young. Who? Josh Young. He's got to get moved up. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's a good kid. If you ever give, if you ever need a new guest for a podcast, get Josh. That's a good guy to have on. That would be a really okay. well, straight from Tanner's mouth. I'll have to give him, I'll see if we give him a round. I'll give yeah. him a call and maybe I'll call Chris and tell him, uh, hey, this young guy Tanner said, call him up. Hey, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He what struck out? He was at the he struck out eight times at the alternate training site in like 80 games. Eight times, dude. I guess he's seeing the ball well. Yeah, dude, he's got some of the highest cognitive skills that were tested by S3 Cognitive that go around the league. He's, I think yeah. he's in the league for cognitive skills. He's crazy. He's, he's a good kid. He's a. You guys know humble, him personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a humble kid, and he's got skills. He's crazy. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to get a get a hold of him. Yep. Maybe we'll have to hook us up here, Tanner. It'll be good. Yep. Yeah, hook me up, and we'll get that that podcast going. All right. Okay. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate it. I'll uh, I'll be in touch, and then maybe we'll do a quick uh, revisit when once you get your lizard skin package. Maybe right. you can post it out there and, and let me know when you get it. All right. We'll see if, see if those gloves feel a little more comfy and last longer since my brother. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. All right, bud. Take care. Right, thanks too. for having us. See you later. See you, bud.